First Timothy chapter four. And we're going to read um, four to, to sixteen. So if you're following along, that's that's First Timothy four, uh, verse one. Sorry, verse one to sixteen. <clears throat> now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith by dev- devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are sealed, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you put these things to the brothers... You will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, being trained in the words of the faith and of good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift of you have which is given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourselves in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message of the cross, of the good news Father, it is indeed good news that you have given us eternal life while we were still sinners. You've saved us from sin and death by your grace and and your amazing love. Father, this is all revealed to us in in your word and through your spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. Remind us to be in it, to test what we hear by your word. Father, the words that I speak, let them be tested by your word. And moved by your Holy Spirit, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at this last line, verse 16. And, and, and Paul is writing to a, a young evangelist. And he says, in this, keep a close watch on yourselves and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourselves and your hearers. Paul is saying what you hear what you're, you're learning, what, what you're being taught, it's important. It's actually important, your study of the Word of God. I hear this refrain often, and, and the word, and I'll, I'll talk about this word here in a minute, but the word that appears in verse 16, um, if you go back to the Greek, is, is actually doctrine. And I hear this refrain often. You know, doctrine, doctrine doesn't really matter, right? Like, it's, it's, it's just how we should live for, for Christ, and, and we don't need to talk about doctrine. And, and I'll explain what doctrine means in a bit. 
But I'm reminded of a story that I came across uh, a few years ago, and, and it was actually a, a news story, um, oh, probably seven or eight years ago. And, and the news story came out because this, this family was, was trying to get a hold of their adult child. They were desperately trying to, to speak to their adult child who was involved in this group and, and was, was secluded away from their family. This story started with a, a uniting church not far from Brisbane. A couple arrived at the church and, and this was a, a small, aging church and 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 they were in need of some people who who had a passion to to help and and this couple the 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 fellow was was a a very boisterous um well-known fellow in the community his wife was a was a psychologist and and they thought wow this is great and they wanted to get involved and and they got really excited about this and it wasn't long before the couple showed an interest in youth ministry and um, and even before this, the couple had had seemingly been bringing young people into this church, and and that was an amazing thing for a church like this. The church was so excited that um, that when this couple asked if they could run a youth ministry in the church, they they jumped at the chance. They said, "Yes, this is great. We got people who are are willing to help. We got people who are willing to to jump in there. How exciting!" having young people in the church again and, and people willing to help out. Um, and so this couple was allowed to have a ministry at the church. And they reached out to, to underprivileged young people and, and they started coming to the church and it was great. And the church welcomed it. But it wasn't long until it would be revealed that, the, and in fact, this couple had, had already done this in, in other churches and already had um, and I'll put this in quotations, a ministry. And the young people they attracted, many of them were already part of, of that ministry. And they had a name for themselves. They were called God's executioners. Only they didn't tell the churches that they were coming into that that was the name of their ministry, of course, because if somebody came into this church and said, hey, by the way, I want to get involved. My ministry is called God's executioners. I'd probably, uh, well, that would raise a few red flags. Um, not a healthy biblical youth ministry, but a violent cult that preyed on churches, churches, plural, lack of discernment. They would come into a uniting church, a reformed church, a Baptist church, and others, and, and they did this several times around the Brisbane area, and try, usually successfully, to change the church's policies to get into leadership and to change the culture of the church and to bring people into their cult. Their cult was, was focused on apocalyptic, violent ideals. They were stockpiling weapons and, and sending young adults off to a seclusive compound south of Brisbane where they were forced to cut ties with family and friends. But, but they were willing to get involved, right? They were good people. You know, that, that sometimes can be our attitude. This is where, this is, this is the prime example, the prime story of why doctrine of knowing what you believe is important. Of knowing what is true and what isn't is important. It's important to know and to stand firm on the foundation of scripture and on Christ and not swerve from it. It's important to ask those questions. 
and to test. That's what our text is about today. Doctrine matters. Doctrine protects the body of Christ and keeps it held to Scripture. And that's why over and over and over again we see that, that, that it is important. Verse 16, the word here for teaching is, is doctrine, didache in the Greek. It, it simply means teaching or what you have heard. So if you, if you think when I'm saying doctrine, I'm, I'm using some big academic word. No, this is all it means. It's, it's the teachings that you have accepted. Paul finds this important. In Philippians 4, he says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard in me or seen in me, put into practice. So again, it's not just about actions, but it's actually learning about something. It's about people being challenged and, and growing. The Christian walk is a, is a walk. It is, it is moving forward. And that doesn't just involve actions, but it involves growing in our knowledge of God and of the Scriptures. I want to encourage you. Take opportunities. You know, one of the things that, that has happened in this COVID times is, is because we haven't been able to meet together, we haven't had a lot of fellowship, people have said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really struggling in my faith. I'm struggling to get excited again where I was before. And, I, and, 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 and that's, the, that's the kicker. I want to get back to where I was before, but, I, but I'd encourage you to take a moment to step back and say, God, where are you taking me? Maybe it's not to where I was before. To, to take opportunities to, to grow. Because if we don't do that, then we become stagnant. If we say, look, my doctrine is good. I don't need to learn anymore. I'm, I'm there. I don't need to keep learning about God. I don't need to keep learning about Scripture. I've been going to church for, for decades. I, I know it all. That's when we become stagnant. There's a, 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 I'll make a plug here. <laughs> There's a, a couple opportunities that we've got coming up that I didn't announce about before. Um, we've got an opportunity, if you're interested in, in counseling or, or, or knowing how to counsel people, not, not official counseling, but um, we've got an opportunity for some biblical counseling courses coming up. If, if you'd be interested in that, take that opportunity. Got another opportunity, and this is a really hard one. Um, and a lot of people really, really struggle with this one. But, but in learning how to share the gospel, um, we have an opportunity to go down with... Um, open air campaigners and and um and learn and then not just learn like we've done here but actually be able to apply that and and practice that so that'll be the first week of school holidays in june july so if you're interested in that testing uh not testing but um but maybe uh pushing yourselves into uh something that that you might not always feel comfortable with um i really want to encourage you to do that but but this is the kind of thing that i'm talking about that we can actually move move, <laughs> that we can move forward, we can move where he is calling us because he doesn't leave us, as I've been saying the last few, few weeks, he doesn't leave us in the same place. He moves us forward. What we'll see in this text is, um, is that we think, right, our, our doctrine, what we think, our doctrine, we'll see that impacts, impacts what we do, our actions, and the, and the way we live out our faith. So if that's the case, then, then all of those things, like we talked about last week, start on that foundation of solid understanding of Jesus Christ, which is our doctrine. It's important, according to this verse, because it is an issue of salvation. I'll get the next slide up there, um, verse 1 to 5. Um, 
through the insincerity of, of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from food that God created and received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if, is, if it is received in, in thanksgiving, for it is made by the holy, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. So wrong doctrine. Wrong doctrine leads to legalism. That's what we see here, legalism. So there's this group of people at the time, and, and, and they're saying, look, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. You've got to celebrate things on, on this day and not on this day. And, and if you don't do this, then, then, you, then you're not a true Christian. It's legalism. But we know that, that, that the true doctrine, is what Rodney was sharing at, at Communion is that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus and not by our works. We don't earn our salvation. We don't earn our place with God, but he's paid the price for us. And so when somebody comes in and says, no, look, actually, you got to do this. you got to do that. That's legalism. And then that leads to division because it leads to this thing where you have those who do and those who do not those who abide by the by the rules and those who do not those who abide by the traditions and those who do not this is what we saw in the church at that time those who had certain works and who obeyed all the temple laws saw themselves as superior to those who did not and and in and in most cases this was uh, an issue around circumcision um, and there was a division. You, you, Paul talked about when he'd, when he'd go to uh, communion services and, and people would sit in different places of the house and, and, and there, was, there was division. And it caused actually a class system in the body of Christ that was a division. So it wasn't necessarily that, oh, these people aren't, aren't saved, but these people are lesser Christians than we are which creates a, a class system. And the same thing can be said of today. We have groups that say that, that those with certain gifts are more spiritually superior to others. You know, and that, that causes huge divisions in the body. Wrong doctrine, finally, causes us to stray from the truth of God. So we are saved by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. But if I accept a, a wrong doctrine, even a, even a small amount that, that says, hey, actually, we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, but you also have to, you know, you also have to, to be a vegetarian. You also have to, to worship at a certain church. Or, well, then suddenly, suddenly I start to stray from that solid foundation of Christ, and I start looking to myself, what I do, rather than what Christ has done. So the next slide here. Paul actually talks about this in his next letter to, um, to Timothy. And in, in, in the same chapter of, of his next letter, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word and be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers who suit their own passions 
and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. So Paul continues in his next letter, and so we know that this is really important because he says this uh, twice and warns against a time when men will not put up with sound doctrine, and this is a problem. Sound doctrine protects from myth and untruth. Myths and untruth is where this accepting wrong doctrine starts. If, If we don't know what is true, if we don't actually know what is true and what we believe, then it can be very easy to accept what is untrue. I'll say it again. If we don't know what is true, then it can be very easy to accept what is untrue. That's why Paul says that there will be a time when people, they're not not going to put up with sound doctrine. Why? Because they don't need to put up with sound doctrine. Because they can go to to, uh, ten other teachers that are going to say what they already think, what they want to hear. I'd say we are in that time. Because I can, I can go ahead and, and get on my phone and, and YouTube whatever I want to hear. And, and, and I'll find a, a dozen preachers to say exactly what I want to hear. And we're not challenged. We're not moved. We're not convicted. That is why Paul says that there will be a time when people will not put up with this sound doctrine. People will turn away from knowing what is true to accepting what they feel is true or what they want to be true. And because of that, they will surround themselves with with preachers and teachers who will simply say what they want them to say. And then, again, we find that there will be no growth, there will be no moving forward, only stagnation. Ephesians 4 says this, so that they may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And you see this, this when we're not solid in that foundation, when we don't understand what we believe, then, then, then Ephesians, it says, we can be tossed to and fro, accepting every new thing, going into to Kurong and, and finding the, the bestsellers books and, and, and picking out the, the next new thing, or, or going onto YouTube and finding the next new speaker or preacher. And we can be deceived and blown about and blown away from the true doctrine. A good way to test yourself Evangelism is a great way to test yourself. Do you know enough about what you believe to actually share it with someone? Can you explain to somebody how you are saved, how Jesus saves us, how the cross paid the price for our sins? Can you actually explain that to somebody? Are you confident enough in your own doctrine that you could actually do that? That's a, a really fantastic way of testing how strong you are in, in your doctrine. And it's okay if you get to that point and you say, mm, no, no, I'm, I'm not actually strong enough. Um, what do I do now? Like, and, and to be able to say, yeah, I, I actually need to learn more. <laughs> I'm, I'm not there yet. I know, I know for my sake, 
self. I'm, I'm not there yet. I, I can explain the, 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 I can explain what I believe. I can explain salvation to somebody. I can share the gospel with somebody. Yeah, I can do that. But, but I still have more to learn. I always have more to learn. You know, um, I hope you don't mind me using this example, Rita, but one of the things that really impressed me with, um, John, John Hart, some of you knew him. He was, um, Rita's dead and, and, uh, I remember going into his uh, room at the, the nursing home, and this is a fellow who had read his Bible for, for decades, and he was 102, I think, at the time that I did this, and, and he was trying to fiddle with uh, a thing to, to make it so he can read the Bible on his, on his, on his TV so he could actually see the words. And, and part of me thought, I mean, you should have the whole Bible memorized by now. But to see somebody at that age with, with a passion saying, I still need to learn. I still need to grow. I still have more to learn about my Savior. That's a, that's a real challenge for us, that there never is a place where we stop and say, I don't have to go any further. But we're always growing in our knowledge of God. And so I want to encourage you to, to take that opportunity. Never get to a place where you said, I, I've heard it all, uh, uh, but to test your doctrine. Another, another good test is, is, does it bring passion? Does it bring awe in you? When you consider what you believe and, and you stand before the cross and you stand before the word of God, are you still in awe of God and what he's done for you? And again, if, if that's not you, then don't just sit there. Get up and move. Ask him, where are you taking me, God? Get into his word and learn more. You know, this sound doctrine, according to the last verse in this passage, it saves both ourselves and the hearer. I mean, think about it. John three sixteen. who is saved? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him, that's doctrine, right? What you believe is, is, is your doctrine. What, you believing in him. If you have a wrong belief and you have a wrong do- doctrine, you don't believe in him and you won't be saved. So it's, it's absolutely vital. And, and this is why then he's called Timothy to be an evangelist. He says, do the work of an evangelist. Go out and share this truth. He said, rebuke, rebuke reprove, teach. Make sure that the people know that foundation, the foundation of Christ, this good doctrine. And finally, in verse 10, Paul says that they endure all that they endure because of the, they have a hope. And their hope is in Jesus Christ. If your hope is in yourself in those moments, it's not a real hope at all. But if you have sound doctrine, then your hope is in Christ. I'm going to get uh, verse 11 to 13 up there. <clears throat> Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, 
in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, until I come again, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Paul says these things are important. Teach. Know what you believe. And be in awe of what God has done for you. That while you were still sinners, Christ took the payment for your sin on the cross and He died in your place that you could have eternal life. And He was risen again that you could have a relationship with God for all of eternity. That is sound doctrine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, continue to teach us. Convict us of those times when when we stand in one place and refuse to move forward. Remind us that we need to keep learning and fill us with your Holy Spirit, teaching us everything that you have taught. And Father, help us to teach others, for there is salvation in knowing you and believing in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the work of salvation. The free gift of eternal life is given by your grace through your Son, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this. In your name, amen.